right, everybody. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? We've got a fun one today. It's a little bit different than the way we normally do it, and that's absolutely cool and fine. My name's Jerry. This is Simply Cyber Live, and today I want to say welcome. I'm going to read my OpenAI chatbot script here, see how well the chatbot did. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a podcast dedicated to exploring the cybersecurity and the people who work to keep us safe online. In today's episode, we are joined by Chris Luff of Lima Charlie, a leading cybersecurity firm in the EDR space. Chatbot didn't know that. Chris will be sharing his expertise and insights on the latest developments in the field, as well as discussing his work with Lima Charlie and the challenges faced in the cybersecurity industry. We'll also be talking about what it's like to work in a startup, which what that is what Lima Charlie is, and Chris co-founded it. Also, we'll be talking about the amazing uh, charity Cybersecurity Cares, how Lima Charlie, Simply Cyber, Recon InfoSec, and so many other great organizations that you're absolutely familiar with are giving back and helping feed uh, malnourished children and people who don't have enough uh, to eat. So sit back, relax, and join us as we delve into the world of cybersecurity with Chris Luff of Lima Charlie. Let's just bring Chris in here. We're going we're going kind of uh, old school here, Chris, with like no overlays, bringing chat in. How are you today, Chris? I'm doing great, Jerry. Thanks for having me on your show. And uh, hello, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Now, guys, you know, because this is a fireside chat, we're just going to have a good time. We're going to uh, talk to Chris about all sorts of different things. But you guys are part of the show. So if you have any questions, you have any comments, you want to chime in, go ahead and, uh, you know, jump in there. Yeah, Hillary, I just did the Christmas music just for lulls uh, this particular show. We don't typically do that here. But Chris, um, first of all, I guess let, let's introduce, I, I mentioned Lima Charlie, I mentioned that you were a founder, but do you want to just kind of give the uh, the 30 second nickel speech on, on what Lima Charlie is and who you are? All right. Um, that's a lot. Uh, so my name is Christopher Luft. I'm a computer scientist or I educated as a computer scientist. And about five years ago, I founded a cybersecurity company with a friend of mine all the way back from university who has a big career in cybersecurity. Uh, he worked for like the Canadian NSA. Uh, he was a hundredth employee at CrowdStrike. Uh, he was at Google and on the founding team of Chronicle Security. So uh, about five years ago, he uh, sent me a message and said, hey, it's time. <laughs> yeah, we used to talk about running a company in, in university and we kind of stayed in touch all the years. So um, together we took an open source project that he had, which was an open source EDR, uh, which was also called Lima Charlie. And uh, we closed the, closed the source and uh, tried to make a company out of it. And uh, over the, the years, uh, I think it took us about two years to come to the conclusion that the opportunity, uh, the problem we were trying to solve was much bigger than just an EDR. And so the, the uh, sort of thesis that we came to is that uh, cybersecurity in its maturity looks a lot like uh, computer science and IT did about 10 or 15 years ago when everything kind of moved to the cloud. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what software was like before the move to the cloud was if you needed a database you had to go to oracle if you needed a virtual machine you had to go to vmware and then it changed when amazon web services came along and started offering all those technologies as like api first services so no longer did you need to go sign these big contracts with these companies that wouldn't even talk to you if you're a really small shop nor did you have to go rack and stack your own servers so everything became available in a developer-friendly way uh, with API access. And, you know, maybe the individual products weren't as great, like the database from uh, Amazon Web Services wasn't as great as the database from Oracle, but it was like 95% great. 
as great and uh, you didn't have to sign a contract and you only paid for what you use. So uh, we kind of realized that cybersecurity with all the fragmentation and specialized black box tools uh, was just looked a lot like the industry did before Amazon Web Services came along. And so what we've been building for almost five years now is uh, cybersecurity tools and supporting infrastructure delivered on demand from the cloud, uh, you know, API first, we've got a web application you can run everything from, but the idea is that if you need an EDR, you can come in and deploy it on your own. You don't need to talk to a salesperson. Um, we do log ingestion, uh, custom detection rules. Like we're thinking about cybersecurity along the lines of what the primitive functions are and then building them sort of like Lego blocks where they can all be pieced together to solve the problems that different people have for their organizations. Hopefully that made sense. I feel like yeah. I got a little rambly there. <laughs> no, it, it, it was good. It was. Now, so what I want to ask you, I mean, I, I love, we could get into the tech and, and Lima Charlie and all that stuff, but I am kind of curious, you know, um, what was it like, like deciding to go to a startup, right? Because it's not like, you know, I feel like it's safe to go join a company. You know that you're going to get a paycheck. You know that you're going to have mm -hmm. the bills paid. Uh, when you mm -hmm. made that decision, uh, what was the calculus going into it? Uh, yeah, that's interesting because me and my partner, Maxime Lamoth-Broussard, the, the guy with the big security background, we have very different backgrounds in technology. And so I've been working early stage startups since I graduated from university. Uh, and, and the reason I decided to do that was uh, before university, I came from a sort of economically disadvantaged background and uh, didn't have many opportunities. And one of my uncles uh, sold a company to Cisco Systems and, and did quite well during the dot-com boom. And he helped me go back to school, gave me the opportunity to do that in my early 20s. And uh, I seen the success that he had and the way it changed my family's life and the way he was able to help everybody. Uh, and so I wanted to do just that. So startups have always been the thing I set out to do. Uh, and I think it's what made me and Max such a great combination in the beginning because, you know, I had a lot of this experience with like just how to get something off the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a previous startup that grew to 27 employees and 10,000 paying customers. Uh, so kind of knew, knew what the, from the zero to one looked like anyway. And, mm -hmm. and Max had this very deep technical knowledge in cybersecurity. And so I kind of call it the T model where I had the breadth. You know, I could do all the marketing, the website. I wrote the first version of our UI added dark mode uh, and Max yes. really focused on the deep technology, right? So the combination of those two gave us a lot of power in those early days. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. And thank you for the early dark mode. I am, you know, <laughs> I, like if it doesn't have dark mode that like I'm, I'm, I'm off. I'm, I'm not, I'm not interested in your product uh, yeah, at yeah. all. So I can see uh, Kimberly's comment, uh, nice two heads are always better than one. And yeah, it's funny because, you know, in some of the books I've read along the way too, they actually, the kind of combo that we had is rather common and they call it the hacker and the hustler. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so one person with the deep technical knowledge than the person who can kind of, you know, put the ribbon on it. I, I love it. So that is, that is really cool um, that you had that entrepreneurial spirit and, and, you know, I, I, I I don't know if your uncle's still around or not, but I mean, it, I wonder if he looks back and he's like, oh, that's cool. Like I was inspirational because, you know, when you can move beyond just uh, transactional and you can inspire, I'm sure that uh, he's very uh, proud and, and excited about it, too. So very, very cool. Yeah, it was, a, it was actually quite the roller coaster to watch for him, too, because, um, you know, he was on the founding team of this company that sold to Cisco Systems for four and a half billion dollars. 
and, and I don't know if you guys remember the the wow. dot com boom. It was it was just in, in, insane the way everything was valued. Yeah, uh, kind of similar to what just the crash we just had, but like on a bigger scale, something that nobody had seen before. Mm -hmm. And so he had one hundred and fifty seven million dollars in stock. Uh, and then after the crash, he almost went to zero. And so he he had like two years of this crazy high and he, he still did OK on it. He by no means was out on the street. But, uh, you know, he's since done five startups since and he's doing one right now uh, that's doing edge networking devices. So. Oh, that's awesome. And and Chris, you, I, I know you are a, a fan of, of Simply Cyber and you do things with the community, but you, you may not uh, know, but we have sound effects. Straight cash, homie. So the Randy <laughs> Moss with his straight cash, homie. So whenever yeah. we talk about big dollar figures, we always drop a straight oh, yeah. cash, homie. <laughs> Yeah. Then, yeah. It was pretty inspirational to watch what happened because he, he effectively, you know, lifted my parents out of poverty, uh, opened up university as an opportunity for me, uh, helped everybody in the family on on his side and his wife's side and, and just changed a lot of lives. It was pretty amazing. Oh, what what an awesome dude. Like, what an awesome yeah. dude. I, and that's inspiring to me, too. I, you know, um, yeah, absolutely. So. All right. So start up, um, you know, wanting that entrepreneurial spirit. But um you know, is a startup like a risk-free bet or, I mean, is it, is it also a roller coaster? Like what, I guess, what's the best thing about a startup and what's something that's like, oh my gosh, like, ugh, uh, like it, the exciting thing is that it's exciting, right? Yeah. Uh, the possibilities are really wide open. Um, the hard part is that like, you're probably going to fail the first few times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's sort of a, a roller coaster. I've, I've, into the top of the mountain into the lowest uh bottom of the ocean uh i like it better on the mountain uh i always bug my partner a little bit actually because lima charlie's uh having quite a bit of success and i think we've got a really solid product uh so that's his first so he never got to <laughs> go through the the whole motions of the he, thing he's but, just uh, been on a, a, a vertical trajectory <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's very smart too. So um, yes, that's probably yeah. something to do with it. I, I've got a lot of uh, optimism and uh, willingness to be the first up the beach, which, you know, <laughs> can be a good thing, but also can hurt a little bit. So yeah, well, absolutely. So um, let me pull up the Lima Charlie uh, graphics and stuff like that before we, we spend a minute talking about chatbot and how insane chatbot is. Guys, just so you know, I'll drop a link in chat here. This is Chris's company, the one that he's talking about, the one he founded. Uh, I have played with, um, I have played with Lima Charlie just as kind of like an explorer. I think I did a video on the YouTube channel um, for it. The the interesting thing is, Chris, let me let me ask you this: Is Lima Charlie? The, the, my understanding is Lima Charlie is more geared for like, um, it's it's not your average EDR where like it's going to contain and quarantine and stop malware from detonating it just detects and then you can script responses is that is that a fair assessment yeah we have like pre-canned rule sets you can subscribe to so we offer a free set of rules uh that's produced by the sigma community so sigma is a open source uh, rule format that can be mm -hmm. uh, run on different platforms uh we support their community rule set so you can just subscribe to them when you come in uh, we also have an integration with a company called Snap Attack that has uh, a subset of the Sigma rule set. So low, false, positives, better tuned. Those are also available for free. And mm -hmm. then uh, we offer a paid set of rules uh, from Soteria Security Solutions, mm -hmm. uh, which are you know highly tuned, very low, false, positives. Um, so you can go in, install your EDR without ever talking to a salesperson, 
click a button, apply those rule sets and start getting detections right away. But yep. yeah, if you would like to have uh, responses to those detections, you would script them yourself. Uh, so we have a Yara format for, for detection and response. So you can go in and just say, hey, if this rule fires, uh, notify me on Slack. You can even isolate the endpoint, um, mm -hmm. kill processes, uh, do all kinds of things. Oh, okay, so it can do some type of remediation effectively. Yeah. Totally. And like our thing with all the stuff we build is we give you all the keys, right? Yeah. Like we we have sort of default ways that uh, you can use it right out of the box, but there's nothing that's gated behind some secret wall. If you want to get right in there and encode and, and, and get the low level functionality to do something that it maybe wasn't designed to, you're, you're able to go and do that. Yeah. And another thing that you know okay so chat you guys may not know this but like most edr vendors or whatever like you pay per license and it's like it's like you know 12 bucks per person right for like microsoft defender and something like that or sometimes you buy like just you know fifty thousand dollars and you just get it and that's all there is to it uh can you kind of explain lima charlie's pricey model because it's different it's interesting and i think you guys may actually disrupt Personally, I think you may disrupt not the Microsofts and stuff, but the industry in a meaningful way with the way that you guys do your pricing. Yeah. So like I was saying earlier, we really modeled what we're doing off of the sort of Amazon approach. Uh, so everything we do is, uh, you know, dynamically deployed and used and then the pricing is based on what you're using so uh, mm -hmm. we have an all you can eat price for EDR that's uh, 250 per endpoint per month. And that comes with a year of full telemetry storage that can be searched and you can run detection logic over your historical telemetry. Uh, we also have a pure usage-based billing mode for people who maybe want to build their own products on top of us. Like AWS, you know, people build products on top of us. So in the pure usage-based mode, you can pre-deploy EDR in like a sleeper mode with nothing happening for two cents per agent per month. Uh, but then maybe you want to write a product, $2.50, Trent, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, in the in the sleeper mode, uh, so for like an IR shop, maybe they want to pre-deploy all the EDRs so that if something happens, they can have an SLA of like 20 minutes. But then maybe you want to build a product that uh, runs on a domain controller and uses machine learning to do some kind of security thing. Well, you could tune the EDR to only send those uh, DNS events uh, back to your machine learning uh, application, and then mm -hmm. you would only pay for those specific events. So it would cost you, you know, twenty cents a month, and that's just a, you know, off the top of my head. But you get the sort of cross-platform capable EDR that gets you to a functioning product uh, with lots of margin to build a business on top of. Well, that's the best part. The best part is you kind of pay for what you need. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so so it's not prohibitive. You can have enterprise grade tech without yeah. you know so that that's why i like it that's why I, I like the model the pricing model and everything and and, and we even have a fully featured free tier of two endpoints yeah. so if anybody wants to go play there's no restrictions on any of the technology you just can only have it running on two computers so for like home labs or your own computer you can go play around with it Check yeah it i was i was literally just about to say that that you can install it in, in the video um I did, uh, I did do just that. Like here, here I am logged into Lima Charlie, and you could see simply Cyber Labs, right? It looks like, um, 
Oh, I, I don't have it. This was on my old Mac. I got rid of it when my when my Mac couldn't handle what I was doing with streams and stuff like that. But this is oh, yeah. this is the interface. Uh, obviously, I, I don't know where dark mode is, but it, I need to find it. Um, uh, it's in the upper right. If you click the gear in the uh, upper right. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I got it. Thank God. Yeah. Like I can't even I can't even with with this. But anyways, this is Lima Charlie. Check it out. Um, uh, I did want to ask you a quick question here. So I, I asked folks if they wanted um, startup questions to put them in chat or we'll pivot. But I wanted to say, uh, landed Twitch chips here. Twitch clips. Sorry, uh, says that they're going to be buying their LLC for their own cybersecurity company this week, which is basically like registering the company officially. Yeah. What kind of what kind of tip would you advise? You know, this isn't legal advice or financial advice or whatever other disclaimer we need, but like for someone who's about to start on this road, what would you, what, what kind of guidance might you impart? <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, talking to the people you're trying to build a product for is super important. And in finding those first few people that really like what you're doing and engage with them and talk to them and get feedback. Um, and you know, if you can get a paid customer early, that's super important. And just, just pay attention to the signals because chances are, you know, you've got this idea that fits somewhere in here and you want to just kind of hone in on, on what it is before you, you go all in on it. Right. So, uh, just finding early customers, people that will work with you early on and give you feedback. That's probably, I think, the most important thing. And and one of the things that made me really commit to Lima Charlie in the early days, because I wasn't sure when, when Max first approached me, uh, but it was talking to the customers and seeing how excited they were about what we were building. That's when I really knew we had something. So yeah, talking to people early, lots of conversations and um, engaging with those early users. That, that is uh, great advice. It, it, again, like what you've done with Lima Charlie is nowhere near what Simply Cyber is. But just from my own experience, um, and, and you tell me if I'm totally missing the mark, but like when I originally started Simply Cyber, I was like, oh, I know what YouTube, I know what cybersecurity content people want. <laughs> and I was just like making videos and like people were like, boo, boo. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, and then like you actually listen. They're like, I want to know how to break into cybersecurity. I want to know what yeah. GRC is. And it's like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's not about what you want. It's about like who you're trying to help. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So not exactly one-to-one -one apples to apples here with Lee and Charlie, but yeah. similar. Yeah, but that's it. You usually, you usually have a general sense of where the opportunity is, but then it's through those conversations that you can really kind of hone in on, on where the need is, so. Uh, Lyle wanted to know around Lima Charlie, I assume, uh, was it developed in house or, or is it integrated? Uh, well, so, uh, Maxime wrote the original EDR as an open source project, uh, way back, I think when he was working at Google uh, and he got invention assignment. Uh, so that part was written as a standalone open source project. Uh, but like most of our tech stack now is built on, um, the Google cloud platform. And we really leverage uh, whatever c capacity and capabilities they have instead of building it ourselves. So we have to build a lot of stuff ourselves, but wherever we can leverage Google, uh, we do because it, you know, it scales unlimited horizontal scalability and uh, less stuff that we have to maintain. So. Oh, uh, nice. Also, early days, Google has some uh, grants. I think uh, AWS and probably other providers do too, where you can get like an infrastructure grant. Uh, Lima Charlie even has an infrastructure grant because that was so important to our early days. So if you uh, have a product idea and you want to build on Lima Charlie, 
just reach out. We have a thousand dollar infrastructure grant that will give people to get started. That's I awesome. I see a couple other questions. So yeah, there's a couple. Um, so there's a couple here. One's from Carrie about um, uh, he he like ha thoughts on getting into the field of IT. And then you can answer that. Or Atlanta Twitch Clips also wants to know where his focus should be in the market right now uh, regarding his cybersecurity LLC. And he's saying, okay, and so so for Carrie, I think you're asking like, how do you get into IT, or you're in IT and you want to get into? I think I think it's like breaking into IT, like you know, tips and thoughts around getting into. Uh, the yeah, field. I mean, startups are a great place uh, to get a lot of experience really quick if you can find them, um, the opportunities within them, uh, because oftentimes it's it's um, more than one thing you have to do, so you get the chance to kind of do a bunch of different things. Uh, I've heard the help desk is a great place to start for people mm -hmm. who, who want to uh, build a career in IT and stuff like that. My path was pretty unconventional, uh, so I don't know because I, I didn't grow up with technology. I went to university in my early 20s to accomplish what my uncle did. And then when I came out, the skill that served me the most was sort of the hustle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I you know, I've been involved in starting companies all the way along, uh, which you know, is sort of outside the normal path, but I've heard the help desk is a really great place to, to get going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then any thoughts on where, like what's hot in the market right now for, see, Atlanta Twitch Clips doesn't say what type of business he's starting. It just cybersecurity. So it could be product. It could be consulting. It could be education. I don't know, but he, he was asking. Yeah, I, th I think just the awareness around cybersecurity is so huge. I got to imagine there's a lot of um, opportunities for a business starting to service uh, small and medium-sized business, right? You don't want to start competing with the, the large people right away. Oh, did uh, I lose you guys? My no, your, your audio cut out for a moment, but you're still here with us. Oh. It's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd say, you know, trying to service small and medium-sized businesses, which are often uh, not addressed by the major players in the market because they're going upstream. So there's probably a lot of uh, opportunity there. I think pen testing is a hard thing to, to sell to people, um, especially first off, I think sort of uh, protection, uh, I think maybe vulnerability assessments, which I guess is a form of, of pen testing. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where the... the the specific opportunities are within cybersecurity, but I'd say as you're getting started, it's like go down market, get your foot in the door, build some experience, build some clients, um, figure out where the opportunity is. Because I think until you're actually doing that, once you start doing something in the space, you're going to see where the holes are. And that's where you want to kind of figure out. Oh, that's smart. Uh, Professor Black Ops has been looking over the Lima Charlie site. He wants to know if you have any compliances for, you know, like within the federal space, right? For NIST, HIPAA, FedRAMP, if 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 he's trying to implement Lima Charlie for his client, do you guys have any of that stuff documented? Uh, yeah, so we're SOC two compliant. I'm not sure if that was a question. Sorry, I was struggling with my earpiece here. Yeah, your your audio. That's fine. I, I was just saying, um, from a federal U.S. federal IT's per perspective, there's typically like FISMA compliant or NIST 800, you know, 37, 853, 800, 171 for CMMC, like any of those things. So you said SOC 2. Uh, and then yeah. obviously Google is FedRAMP certified on yes. the Google Cloud. Google is so FedRAMP certified. We are working on some more certification right now, but it's really not my area of expertise. Uh, we did get SOC 2 first because that is one of the, the 
a lot of companies won't even talk to you without that. So that if you're trying to build a company that can go offer cybersecurity services, you can start without SOC 2. And I, I would kind of even advise it at first because it's expensive and it takes a lot of time and you want to you want to find the opportunity, hone what you're doing. But as you start to ramp up, SOC 2 is probably the first one you want to get so that the bigger companies will talk to you. And then as you go, there's just, I think, a never ending amount of compliance. But but if you get that far, chances are you'll be talking to VCs and other people who've been in the space for a long time. So finding good VCs, good mentors and stuff like that who can help you direct your limited resources early on for the best effect is really important because that's that's really what uh, startups are in a way. It's like you've got a small amount of resources and you're trying to optimize for success. And uh, that means sometimes not doing all the things all at once because you got to kind of go one step at a time. Yeah. And just as a teaser for the show, I think January 19th or January 9th, whichever one of those is a Thursday, we're actually having a guest on Chris. His name is Ian and he founded Phalanx.io, another security company. And he's coming on to talk about the title of his talk is zero to startup in 90 oh, yeah. days. And he, yeah. he he's going to break down how do you find VCs? How do you get funding? How do you start a company? Like, basically walk us through and we'll start a we'll start a business on in the one hour not start a bit, oh, but yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah we'll we kind of almost started a business before this call playing around with the chat bot <laughs> uh yeah which we should probably jump into in just a minute here uh another question since you are here you know here on yeah. lima charlie's uh behalf trent wants to know if you who does your product benefit sysadmins msps infosec uh, yeah, so that took us a while to figure out, you know, we uh, at the beginning, we're, we were trying to build for like a lot of people. And over time, we kind of realized what we are and, and who we service the best. So we're a pretty technical product. So we're not like a lot of MSSPs out there um, will use something like CrowdStrike or Carbon Black. And they basically just resell that technology with some of their services on top of it. We are not the product for those companies. Uh, we're a little bit more technical. You know, it's totally attainable for anybody that wants to put the time in, but we're sort of for more technically mature MSSPs, defer shops, uh, people that want to build products uh, and enterprises with, uh, you know, complex needs that can't be serviced by these off the shelf black box products like the, you know, the big EDR vendors. So if, if you have a, um, it, interesting problems in the cloud or you know you're using chromebooks or things that aren't generally supported by a lot of the products we're a great solution because you can build whatever you want yep well put well put and i i will tell you that um like many of you know recon infosec is a sponsor of the morning briefings and eric capuano thursday defensive hosts all those things uh they, they are a group that uses lima charlie in some capacity i know Sateria in charleston uses lima charlie in some capacity so there's a lot of like true security companies that are run by security people that are using lima charlie so it, i yes, guess it's got social Snapchat's one of our clients. Uh, I can't remember the whole list on the website, but we have some big enterprises as well. So, oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Good question. Lyle Martin wants to know where, where's Lima Charlie come from? Why would you guys name it? Yeah, so I th I didn't name it. It was already named uh, when my partner came to me. It was an open source project. Uh, so the the sort of boring answer is uh, Lima Charlie is the NATO phonetic uh, alphabet for loud and clear. Uh, so it's got a kind of, you know, security aspect or feel to it. But uh, the, the real inspiration for that came from uh, when my partner was writing the original EDR, the open source project. He was in the south of France 
and he used to go work out of a cafe every day called Cafe LC. Uh, and I guess in France, especially at the time, that the culture of going to work in a coffee shop wasn't a thing. So it was really weird <laughs> that he'd go work in this coffee shop every day. Uh, but they were very kind to him and sort of as a tip of the hat to them, he named the project uh, Lima Charlie. Oh, that is fantastic. Yeah. Um, just put put this on your radar, Chris. Emotional inspirigence has uh wants to talk to you uh it sounds like he has a you know particularly complicated challenging uh you know challenge like as you just mentioned lima charlie is really Mm. designed to help solve nuanced complicated problems um yeah and we do we run we run in kubernetes we have a docker image uh we can follow up after the call and I'd be happy to set up a, a technical call for you if you'd like. Yeah. What, hey, yeah. what would be the best way? Cause like, obviously you can't Google emotional inspirigence and get his contact in, or hers. I'm not even sure. So, yeah. uh, what would be the uh, you best could way? Email me, uh, Chris, C H R I S at limacharlie.io, or you could go to the website. There's a bunch of different ways to get a hold of us there. Uh, we have a community Slack channel. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. Um, we try and make it easy to get a, for anybody to get a hold of us. All right. So there you go, emotional inspirigence. I'll throw it I'll throw it up on channel. Chris at limacharlie.io, right? Uh yeah, that's perfect. Thank you. And uh for the land of Twitch clips, uh, I don't know. Again, my partner's got the deep cybersecurity uh experience. I come out of computer science and startups, uh, and I, I won't be able to recommend uh who would make a good vendor partner. I would say we are. <laughs> uh, so if you wanna you know, use us as your technology to drive your business. I'd be happy to get you all the assistance that you need and and help you as much as I can. But uh, I can't recommend anybody else because I don't know enough about their products. Yep. Well put. And I want to say what's up to Chris Weaver. Carrie, Hillary's in here. Hillary actually has a really fun question, kind of a a look behind Chris's brain here. what gets you up in the morning, Chris? And what, what are you, uh, <laughs> my <what> children <laughs> Yeah. and often earlier than I want. Uh, so, I mean, that's the big inspiration for me. You know, we're, uh, like I said, I came from an economically, uh, tough background. So I aspired a home ownership one day and uh, we're actually just moving into the first full home we've ever rented. Uh, it's a very exciting time for my family. So I'm, I'm very motivated by all that stuff. And, uh, I don't really dread much. Um, it's gotten a lot easier. We're like 15 people now. So for the first couple of years, it was just me, my partner, Max, and uh, another co-founder named Joe, uh, who's actually in Italy. Uh, and it was just the three of us. And we didn't, I, I didn't get a paycheck for the first two years. So uh, my credit card debt used to terrify me uh, and give me a lot of dread. Uh, but we've kind of, we're, we're working our way out and things are happening now. So, um, things are really good. I don't have a lot of dread right now. We're, we're doing good. We got our funding at a good time. We run our company very, uh, cash efficiently. Uh, so we've got lots of runway. We've got really smart people working with us. We're finding success in the market. So I, I'm very optimistic and feeling good about things right now. Oh, that's fantastic, man. And yeah, I, like, you know, Chris and I, those who don't know, like Chris and I talk like pretty regularly, actually, I would say. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I've been following you for you. a couple of years and very, very excited. I'm super happy for you and, and for Max, um, you know, uh, for all that you guys have accomplished. Well-deserved, I might add. You've put in the work, right? Thank I you. say this all the time in cybersecurity, like in there's no easy button, right? Like you have to put in the work. There's no yeah. shortcut, really. 
So yeah, and I gotta say, like I've I've been you know doing the startup thing for a little over fifteen years now, and there's no way I would have stuck with it for this long if I hadn't seen the success my uncle had. So just having that uh, exposure to what can happen if you you do find success in the market, uh, that really kept me going. So. Uh, you know, if you do decide to go down this road, you know, no, it's it's hard. Uh, it might not work out, but it's definitely it's an adventure. And if you want to live a life of adventure, it's probably the good way to go. Absolutely. Are you guys working? So obviously, you just got the funding recently. So emotional intelligence asks a follow up question, and one that uh, I I'm going to kind of expand on a little bit. You know. They mentioned Gartner Magic Quadrant, obviously like Forrester Wave. Like from a marketing perspective or from a brand identity perspective, are you guys focusing on these things or are you just letting the product drive itself because it's so good? Yeah, so I think there's a couple strategy. Like some people's strategy is to build a product that fits in the quadrant, but that's slightly different from somebody else. So if you don't, if you're not familiar with Gartner Magic Quadrant, it is like an intelligence firm that sells um intelligence to giant enterprises that need to make decisions about which products to use uh it's a very expensive subscription but like if somebody like general motors wanted to find a cybersecurity product they're going to go to gartner and see what their analysts say or ha is happening and make their decision based off the information they yeah. get there it's kind of so like a shortcut a yeah it's like a shortcut yeah, but it but it really puts you in a bucket, right? You have to fit in a bucket that already exists. And how do you compare against other people? This the the approach that we're taking is is so new in cybersecurity, not new in IT and computer science, but so new in uh, cybersecurity that there isn't really a definition for it yet. I've I've noticed recently them talking about uh, cybersecurity mesh, which kind of has some overlap with what we're doing, I think. Um, but uh, it's not something we, we've actually avoided it right now because we don't want to get bucketed. Part of the challenge for us actually is because we started as an EDR, most people think we're just the EDR, uh, but we do log ingestion, cloud to cloud, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and the goal of the company is to keep building out new cybersecurity capabilities as Lego blocks that fit together. So very mm -hmm. much like Amazon, you know, so our EC2 would be like our EDR, but then our S3 is like the log ingestion mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, even even myself, like right before the stream started, I went to Lehman Charlie's website to have it have it available to show to y'all. And I was like, oh my God, look at all this other stuff. Like it's been it's been a minute since I went to the product page um and, and looked at it. So you guys definitely have been busy, no doubt. Yeah, and, and for the question around digital forensics, so it's not our focus. Again, we're just trying to build out more and more of these capabilities that all work together. Uh, but we do have an integration with Velociraptor. Uh, so if you have the EDR installed on your agents, you can automatically deploy Velociraptor to do that kind of artifact collection and have it ingested back into our cloud where it gets analyzed by our detection and response engine. Very cool. Very, very cool. I love it. I love it. And Velociraptor, uh, Eric Capuano, like, I, I don't know if he named his kids Velociraptor too, but he's, <laughs> o he's always pumping Velociraptor. Oh yeah, it's a powerful, really impressive project. Uh, I think Mike's, the founder or the guy that started the project i can't I, remember, i'm not sure yeah yeah oh chris froze there for a second hopefully we didn't lose him hmm i guess i could do some dancing here uh he's got zero bars people really so, impressive uh-oh oh you're okay now you had zero bars then you came back full stream now you have zero again 
I, I don't know if you're having a network uh, network bandwidth issue. Can you hear me? Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna go wired. I'm gonna go wired. Oh, kick it old school. I love That's it. it. I love it. Yeah. So, so while I'm you're turn getting off my set up here, I'll. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. If... Okay. No problem. All right, Kimberly, we'll get your question. Great cash, homie. That's always a shout out to Kimberly. Let's see. I want to spend some time on this chat GPT. If you guys didn't know, I, I will ask about this hiring question in just a minute. Uh, Chris, Chris is really a, a really cool guy. He was actually just in Charleston at B-Sides Charleston. So if you were at Charleston B-Sides, you definitely ran into him. You definitely uh, had an opportunity to speak with him. We have, oh, and Chris is back. <laughs> Welcome back, Chris. So that, yeah, I, I usually wire it up before I start anything like this, but uh, I forgot to do that today. So. No, it's it's good. It's it's a Simply Cyber production, so there's usually at least one snafu. <laughs> it's usually on my side, honestly. I, I've so. heard something about your audio from people. Oh, God, yes. It's it's true. Uh, Kimberly wants to know, y'all hiring at Lima Charlie, and what type of roles might Lima Charlie be looking for in the future? Um, I can't tell you off the top of my head. I would go check limacharlie.io slash careers. Uh, we did just do a pretty big round and brought on a new sensor engineer. So um, I think now is probably not where we're doing a big ramp up, but there might be a position there. Um, and I think right now we're really engineering focused. So we're looking for um, sort of senior engineers, people experienced with Golang and uh, like cloud infrastructure. Mm -hmm. uh, we run a pretty tight marketing team. I think over time that will grow as well, but uh, we're very lean. So that's okay. So thank you for that. I have a bigger picture question uh, based on what she just said. So when you see, since you are a startup expert, Chris, right? Five startups or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you see in the news, um, Lima Charlie receives five million dollars Series A funding, or you know Kimberly's Steve funding, huh? Or seed, seed, seed funding. funding. Okay, yeah. so well, let's let's answer all these questions, right? So, okay, uh, Joel Belton's ice cream shop receives five million dollars seed funding. Lima Charlie receives ten million dollars round A or Series A or whatever it is. Yeah. And Justin Gold's, um, you know, what what is Justin Gold going to sell? Snow cones. Justin Gold's snow cone emporium gets Series B. When you see all of those or any of those. Is that an indicator that you should that they're going to be hiring and go go after him, or or is is it mean nothing? Does it mean they already hired and they're yeah, just getting money? Yeah, when when they announced the funding, like they probably started uh, recruiting ahead of that. Like you know, there's sort of some anticipation, and as soon as you get that money, you want to deploy it, and it's it's like a big race, and it's yeah, it's it's pretty intense out there. Uh, but yeah, if you see a, a an announcement for a big round of funding, I, I'm sure they're still in the hiring process or going to continue to hire for a while. That money is VCs don't give the that money to companies because they want them to have a bunch of money in the bank. They give them that money because they're supposed to deploy it to grow the business. And that's often means growing the headcount and doing stuff like that. And would it be the same seed funding series a series b series c like is it do, would you treat them all the same or would like the later ones be more likely to to be hiring more? Uh, the later ones the companies are probably more well established and it's probably a safer opportunity um but you know part of what you get from coming in early is more uh, equity incentive um so joining a startup early also means that like there's more 
more opportunity for you to do different things until you find what you really like. Mm -hmm. uh, if you if you join a company at like Series A or Series B, like that's a that's a pretty well defined machine by that point, mm -hmm. and and they're looking for people to come fill a specific role in that machine. The exciting part of joining an earlier stage company is that yeah, there's a lot of the roles and things aren't they're still building it. Uh, so there's more opportunity to kind of, you know, grow your career and find the niche thing that you really like to do. Okay. Well, that's good. Good input. It just made me think, cause like those are always publicly socialized. So yeah. it, it, would it be a, would it be a trigger? Would it be an indicator? Like, oh, like I, I want to work inside. I, I would assume so. I've never used that tactic myself, so I can't, can't speak to it. But like every time we've raised funding, we've gone and uh, done some hiring. So I think that yeah makes sense. So, yeah. Well, last question on, on this topic, because I do want to spend some time talking about cybersecurity cares. Emotional experience wants to know, is Lima Charlie looking to set up a vertical for advisory, risk of resilience? Like, basically, are you guys doing anything besides the tech product that you're working? The tech product? Uh, we have a partner program. Uh, so we'll sort of give early access to features and stuff to MSSPs. We open up a private Slack channel and kind of give them more direct support and feedback and, and help them. They can kind of help guide the product in a way, I think. Uh, but our focus is very much on the underlying technology. And I don't think we have plans to get into any services. Okay. Makes sense. I mean, it's... soft services. I don't know what you'd call them. What what we deliver, we deliver. Pro professional service, services. Yeah, professional yeah. services on top of it. We're a technology company. Um, Nathan Bolin wanted to know, um, longtime Simply Cyber community member, uh, what are the requirements of starting a cyber startup or what is something to consider? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think there's much requirement other than like, uh, you know, knowledge, you know, willingness to put in the work and take the risk. Um, yeah, it's, 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 everything's wide open, right? So if, if you see an opportunity and you think you can capitalize on it and you have the technical ability to do so, you know, it's going to take a while before you can like investors, especially now that the, the, the market's kind of tightened up and, and it's harder to get that funding. So you really kind of have to go out there and get some customers and probably have somebody pay for what you're doing before an investor will really take it seriously. Uh, so there's a lot of, a lot of risk and heavy lifting to get to that point. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, one one of the things that we always thought about and what we were doing, like, how does this scale? Like if you, it depends what you want, right? Like some people make businesses, they call them lifestyle businesses, but they can be extremely successful. You can make $20 million a year and still be what they call a lifestyle business. Um, That's a hell of a lifestyle, Chris. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, but but like for a technology startup in the sense of like uh, Silicon Valley and, and like the kind of, you know, multi-billion dollar potential that's there, uh, you have to really be thinking about that from the beginning. Like, how does your idea scale up? Like, uh, one of the reasons we focus specifically on the technology is because uh, that can scale. We can horizontally scale to any size. We can keep the staff number low. So that leaves a lot of potential for us to to grow a business on top of the stuff we're building. If your business is very much uh, dependent on people in seats, it's going to be really hard to scale past. Like you still might be able to make a really good living and, and make a really successful company. But if your goal is to sort of do the Silicon Valley thing and make a multi-billion dollar company. Uh, it's really hard to do with a business that needs people in seats, the more, more you sell. Yeah. Very, very, um, yeah, very good thoughts and, and input on that. I definitely agree. Also, 
Chris, you know, I've worked at two startups now, so I'm, I'm certainly by no means not you. But another thing that I have discovered, and I'd love your thoughts on it, is you should really understand who your customer is. Like, yeah. like you cannot serve multiple customers. And and I don't mean like, like, oh, thank you for come again, next person. I mean like, oh, we serve business. We serve education. We serve individuals. We serve uh, CISOs. You know what I mean? Like if, if you have, and, and I'm not saying because a diffusion of your focus on the work, because when, in my experience, when VCs want to talk to you about investing, one of the first things they say is who's your customer. And if yeah. you don't have a tight answer on that, they're they're not interested in giving you your money because it it seems like you don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you need to you need to prove that what you're doing is something that people want, and the best way to do that is to have somebody pay for it. So, I think back in the before the 2000 crash and, in, and when the economy is going really well, it's uh, that people can be successful selling an idea before they have proof that it's something people will pay for. But especially right now, I think you. You have to build something and get somebody to pay for it and build a little community. And then mm -hmm. you can go talk to somebody with money and you can prove that this is a thing that has potential. Yeah. So um, right before we pivot to Cybersecurity Cares, I want to share a, a story with you. So I went to uh, uh, University of Massachusetts, computer science undergrad, 98 to 2002. So I was I was there while the dot-com boom was happening. If, if, for those of you who don't know what the dot-com boom was, like the early 2000s, 2000, 2001, 99, 2000, 2001, that's where like Yahoo came up, AOL exploded. Um, I think Google started to come on the scene. Like people were just, didn't know how to value websites and stuff. This is how Mark Cuban made his money. He sold broadcast.com for like $4 yeah. billion or something stupid. Yeah. Anyways. Um, just to put it in perspective, this is a true story. I remember being in my software engineering class junior year and the fact the professor was an adjunct faculty, which means he, he has a full-time job somewhere else and he's just teaching. And he's like, I, he's like, I'm literally on, uh, I've been hired to a company that will, and the whole thing is vaporware, which means like on paper, they show that the people who work there are faculty in computer science, the software engineer, this person, this person, they're gonna make a, let's say, EDR solution that solves the world's problems. And- I, I don't think EDR existed back then. Well, but... you okay, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like some product, like basically, yeah. they, they put these people on staff, gave them equity and everything with the I entire idea that they would never ever actually work. It was just on paper. And the whole thing was to get acquired just on on concept alone and people were yeah. buying those businesses insanely. And, and stocks stocks were splitting every two weeks so like the company was growing so fast that if you had 10 stocks every two weeks you'd have four or you'd have 20 and then you'd have 40 like they were it was, it was crazy i know a guy who did a two-year uh program at a, a school up here in canada called bcit uh and uh his first job out he he was a millionaire within three months he was hired by a company that immediately got acquired <laughs> and yeah oh my god that what 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 luck huh i mean it's yeah. just it's crazy it was like it was like lottery tickets back then except but then like, it all crashed like yeah. overnight and a lot of people got hurt really bad like that's a that's the thing i don't like about the whole model is like it's just you, you look at all the layoffs that are happening now and stuff like people start fueling the growth of their company by all this investor money and it's not a real business underneath so when the economy contracts they just have to lay people off. Yeah, yeah it really like is. That. In fact, 
I don't know if you know about this. I actually follow, I have a website, layoffs.fyi, that I track. Mm. And it tracks just tech company layoffs. And you can see um, Airtable just laid off 20% of their staff uh, today. Yeah, Blue it's Apron. unfair to the people too, right? Especially like some people move for work and, you know, they, mm -hmm. they quit their old jobs. And... Yeah, it's, it's, it's nasty business. It's nasty business. I mean, it's another reason why I tell people all the time, like you, you are the CEO of you and you're basically contracting yourself out when you take a full-time job. And you got to remember that, like, it's not that it's like not it's business, it's not personal, but like the idea that like, oh, this company's a family and I'm going to work like yeah, know, yeah. weekends yeah. and stuff is, is nothing. Okay. So Chris, I'm yeah. wicked excited about this. Let's talk <laughs> okay. about this because there's so many Lima Charlie's here. Simply cyber's here. Woo woo. So what yeah. <laughs> is cybersecurity cares, man? And why, why are we part of it? Okay, so uh, Cybersecurity Cares is a iteration of an old annual holiday fundraiser I used to do in the startup community up here in Vancouver, Canada, uh, called Startups Care. And basically, uh, I was looking around at the cybersecurity community, and I hadn't been doing the startups one in Vancouver. And I thought, hey, we should try it with these guys. Everybody seems to be nice and care. Uh, and so we've had a lot of success. And the, the simple idea is that for uh, two weeks during the holidays, or leading up to the holidays, we rally a bunch of companies to, uh, you know, put their name out there and say, we're going to support this and then encourage their employees to make donations to a cause. And this year, we're supporting something called Action Against Hunger, uh, which is a very highly rated uh, by independent organizations. They're a charity. Uh, they fight uh, malnourishment and hunger in, in parts of the world where that's really rampant so if you think of like the ukraine right now sudan places that are having a really hard time uh, they go in there and they try and build sustainable uh, food systems to to help people uh, so really great organization and uh, we pulled in 26 companies so far we've raised a little over eleven thousand dollars us nice. um we've got a net we're going to end it on december 16th we're going to have a live stream telethon the whole day which i've never done before it's sort of a new component of this uh, where we're just going to run a live stream for 12 hours. And I've got like 20 or 30 guests so far, different CEOs of companies and stuff coming on. And uh, we're going to be silly and, and try and bring that holiday cheer and, and encourage people to uh, donate. And I think it'll be exciting because a lot of companies have committed to uh, matching employee donations. Uh, so on that last day, those matches will come in and I think we're going to get to 20k but i one of the years i did this before we raised like forty-five thousand dollars. uh so there's definitely more money in cybersecurity. so i'm hoping that that comes through in the donations absolutely i i was very well first of all i was very very happy that simply cyber had the opportunity to be part of this initiative so thank you chris for allowing allowing that to happen Second of all, I, I personally have donated. I know Simply Cyber is going to make a donation at, at some point. Uh, if you want, cybersecurity-cares.com is how you can do it. On that stream on um, the 16th, I want to share with everyone that I will be, um, I am one of the streamers, um, 9 a.m. Eastern time, me and Steve Cardinal taking it way back to when I did a podcast when I worked at the Medical University, InfoSec ICU. So Steve and I will be co-hosting to kick off the telethon uh, and that'll be a lot of fun, Chris. So, um, I uh, and yeah, I don't actually have the link for the uh, telethon on the website yet, but I will get it up there right after this uh, in case anybody's looking to. I just created the event on on LinkedIn. So if you're on LinkedIn and you search uh, Cybersecurity Cares, uh, there's a LinkedIn live event. You can join there. And then... Did you create that before you created the restream? 
Uh, no, I created it first because uh, I know StreamYard supports connecting posts now. So I'm hoping Restream does the same. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah. Well, whatever. We'll see. We'll if see. If not, we're but... doing it on StreamYard. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. if we do it on Restream, uh, Simply Cyber may be uh, co, uh, you know, uh, broadcasting the stream yeah. all day on that on that 16th also. So um, stay tuned for that. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll figure out if we can do it or not, but uh, that'll be good. I love it. Okay. So we've got a couple more minutes left, Chris. What are your thoughts about this chat GPT that everybody's everybody's talking about, man? Oh, I, I'm blown away. Uh, you know, from a language perspective, we've. I just before this, I gave it a thing. Uh, write me a 500 word blog article on EDR, and uh, it's. I would publish that. You know, it was like it, not super in depth, but very well written and uh, definitely passable for the kind of content that a company needs to create that uses content marketing like we do. Um, but what really blew my mind was watching uh, the Recon InfoSec uh, Thursday Defensive today, where Andrew Cook was showing how this also understands code. And he was getting it to translate snippets of code from one language to another. Mm -hmm. uh, we were getting it to write EDR rules like detection logic and Yara. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't perfect all the time, but it was it was very close. Like it just... I'm actually kind of baffled. I thought I had a good handle on where this technology was, but it feels like this is definitely a leap. Yeah. And, and so I think I think in five years, this is you're going to have a personal assistant that you can say simple commands to, and it'll go schedule things, create graphics, write blog posts. Like it's, yeah, it, it's a little bit crazy. And I, I think sadly, like this is the kind of thing that's going to like really disrupt certain aspects of the job market you know the theory oh is that it creates yeah. new jobs and and everybody goes somewhere else but i i kind of think that's marketing from the people that are trying to get rid of certain jobs <laughs> yeah so and to, so i was on thursday defensive at recon infosec today if you were there you know what it was i just typed in write a blog post or edr this is the blog post very very <laughs> nice but write a detection rule in sigma to detect mimicats oh yeah watch this right Oh, hold on. It's 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 it you thinks I want blog. It, yeah. it thinks I want blog blog posts. Hold on. This content may violate. If you write a uh -oh. Yara detection ruler okay, oh, okay. in Sigma, you got you got you got it in Sigma. It'll should figure that out. All right. Uh, detection <laughs> rule to detect. Yeah, I, and it, it, to uh, base cases uh, point yep. there. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's quite there yet, but it is definitely like. Give it some time. This stuff, technology uh, develops exponentially. And that's one of the things I think humans are pretty bad at, at comprehending in their minds. So, yeah, I think we're not far off. I think this is the leading edge of a big shift. Yeah. So this is a Sigma detection rule. Now, um, you can write... Now, Andrew was doing this on stream too. Write the same detection rule, but in what? YAML? Was it YAML? YAML, yeah. Like, I didn't say write a Mimikatz detection rule. I just said write the same one. Oh. Or Yara. Maybe it was Yara. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Write a detection rule for Mimikatz in Yara. I got screwed up. The detection engineers with all your fancy acronyms. There we go. So now it's... There we go. So basic. And now um, write... Yeah, that's. I don't think that's quite. <laughs> well, quite yeah, there. that's not right. Yeah. If Mimikatz yeah. equals Mimikatz, then true. Yeah, right, right. 
I detection rule in Sigma uh, to detect Mimi cats. All right. See if we get it. Anyways, they did it on stream. It was very, very cool. This is not. This is not. Yeah, a Andrew, the guy who was demoing earlier today, he he had uh, he had obviously played with it quite a bit and took us through a pretty amazing demo. Yeah, um, yeah. So, all right. So then let let's talk about this. So it's gonna it's gonna disrupt, right? Is basically what we're saying. Yeah, and I think it's gonna make writing RFPs and blog articles and tweets and you name it a lot easier. Again, I don't think it's ready to go straight to production, but uh, definitely get a good foundation for a lot of stuff very quickly by leveraging this yeah so i was having a conversation earlier today with a couple uh of my colleagues and what i have been using it for practically is i'll i'll have something i need to write right whether it's a script whether it's a blog post whether it's anything right and it's always easier once you have your first draft to make edits and changes and see what you like and get the cadence and the flow of things so I've been using this thing to kind of develop kind of a high level draft because you said it earlier, it's not really specific. It's not really detailed, but it is a good framework to then populate. So instead of looking at a blank piece of paper, you start with, um, you know, uh, a good starting point, I guess I would say. You with, you with us, Chris? Oh, sorry. I didn't know if you were asking me a question. I was just looking at the chat here. Oh, at the chat. No. So, yeah. uh, well, I, I was just kind of uh, John with you. Zetherian says people are having to write Discord bots right and left that work pretty well. That's interesting. Um, oh, yeah. We were talking about the other product that Gerald shared with me. That's a, a digital avatar that you feed text to, and uh, you know you get the talking head. And we were sort of joking about scripting um, that Chat GP into that other tool to create a YouTube channel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we, yeah. we were so a completely automated YouTube channel that all you have to do is have it randomly select one, um, you know, uh, one cybersecurity keyword a day, like write a script that grabs a keyword, then have it API throw into open G uh, open chat or whatever it is, chat GPT to explain to me in 1000 words what this what this word is, and then feed that into Synthesia and have it render and then automatically post up to YouTube, maybe, you know, develop a thumbnail. It would be cool. It would be a really cool project to develop a completely automated YouTube channel that actually is interesting and delivers value. Yeah, we, we do something uh, at Lima Charlie the last Friday of every month called uh, Freedom Friday, where we mm -hmm. can work on any project we want. And I think I might uh, play around with this this coming Friday. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The only the only thing, and I think you'll appreciate this since you're big into digital graphics and art. The only thing is that like the editing of the video to make it like interesting and pop with sound and mm -hmm. stuff like that, that wouldn't be here. So you'd have to feed it into another workflow <laughs> somehow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think like the professional video editing tools have uh, support Python for scripting because uh, film shops that do a lot of stuff, they, they, they script a bunch of their workflow. So I'm sure there's a way to get it all piped together. I think it'd be a really interesting project to work on. <laughs> interesting. All right, well, maybe maybe uh, we can have a, uh, a friendly competition uh, or maybe, um, <laughs> yeah, I'd say collaborate on it, but I don't want to commit myself to that because there's so much going on, I don't know. Uh, I don't have yeah, a, yeah. a Freestyle Friday or whatever it is, or Freedom Friday. Yeah, Freedom yeah. Friday, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh man! All right. Well, it's yeah. It that's like such it... a fun thing because we we everybody gets to work on things they're interested in, and it doesn't have to necessarily provide business value. But it's always amazing what people come up with, right? Well, isn't that like what Google Labs is basically? Like all the interesting things that came out of Google Labs was uh, independent Google projects. Yeah, I think they had twenty or forty percent of their time to work on whatever they want, though. So that's quite a bit. We get one day, and the the thing is, if you take the Friday to work on something, you have to post a Loom video of your project before you go to bed that night. So, oh, that's fair to keep yeah. people honest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or just to see what people are doing, so it doesn't just drag on for days and days. You gotta you gotta keep it contained. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, Chris, any cool. final thoughts before we say goodbye uh, today? Uh, no, this was really great. I haven't done many of these things, uh, so I'm still kind of getting used to chatting live. Hopefully, it was uh, had some value for some people. And uh, it, it, please go check out cybersecurity-cares.com. Um, that's a community thing and every little bit helps. And uh, I want to kind of do my part to build that into the culture of cybersecurity. You know, everybody's so big on community. Let's let's make it a real thing and, and uh, not make it this zero-sum game where nobody's working together. I love it. Well, yeah. he's Chris Luff of Lima Charlie. His contact information's all over limacharlie.io. Is it, is it lemacharlie.io, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, lemacharlie.io. So go check it out. Great project. Um, great product. You'll see more of Chris on uh, December 16th as we do a 12-hour live stream telethon. Simply Cyber will be uh, part of it, associated with it. So you will hear all about it as it's coming up um, as we lead up to it next week. So And uh, I will come back next year if I'm invited for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Chris, yeah. Chris is a friend of... Sim like friend of mine, friend of Simply Cyber. We've been working together for years. Few oddly. years now, yeah. It's yeah, really so awesome. Yeah, it's cool. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for your time tonight. I hope you got value. And we'll see everybody tomorrow at 8 a.m. for the daily cyber threat briefing. Be good, everyone, and take care. Thanks, Chris. Okay. Bye.